Kenny Pickett passed for just 106 yards against the Cleveland Browns. How concerned should you be about the rest of the Steelers' offense moving forward? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. You can also check out her work at Pro Football Focus. Kate, we, we got to talk about something today that is near and dear to your heart. We're going to do our typical Monday morning panic meter uh, segments. We've got to start with your Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> who once again were incredibly anemic on offense, only scored 10 points against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, their only touchdown was on a 74-yard run by Jalen Warren. Kenny Pickett, six touchdowns in 10 starts this year. He has 11 touchdowns in his last 17 starts. Um, how concerned are you about Kenny Pickett moving forward? Extremely. I mean, Marcus, this is no, no, like to our everydayers who have been with us for a while here, my disdain for Kenny Pickett is not new. Like this coming out of the gate, I was very concerned when the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted him. I had just, I had a million concerns, right? But you look at Kenny Pickett, you look at what he's done, uh, you know, as a rookie, there were, there were flashes, there were game winning drives, etc. But like this is year two. Year two is a different ballpark, and we seem to see Kenny Pickett regressing week by week, and it's becoming so problematic because, I mean, it, there there's no there's no passing attack, and like this is an offense that has I, I think two pretty talented wide receivers. You've got one of the best receiving tight ends in the entire National Football League, but then you have Kenny Pickett who. Among any quarterback in the NFL with 100 pass attempts this year, Marcus, Kenny Pickett has the second highest rate of uncatchable and inaccurate passes. Mm. That is problematic. Like, I don't know how you start. Like, we're not, or run game aside, Marcus, how do you realistically slot any of these wide receivers, tight ends, any of these skilled position players into your lineup on? any given basis. This is not a team playing to win a game on offense. This is a team trying not to lose a game on offense. And it sucked the the fantasy viability out of every single one of these assets here this year. Yeah. So as for Kenny Pickett and his dynasty value, I mean, they're really what dynasty value. Yeah, exactly. Now we, one of the reasons he does have a little bit of dynasty value is because Pittsburgh as a franchise is pretty stubborn. Mike yeah. Tomlin made it seem like yesterday that none of this is Kenny Pickett's fault. As bad the as Browns make play- every quarterback look that bad, Marcus. Yeah, as bad as he's playing, I really don't feel like there's any. He's in jeopardy of losing his job in 2024. 
and for that reason alone, he has fantasy value, but he's absolutely nuked the fantasy value of everybody else around him. George Pickens, four for 38, zero touchdowns on six targets. Um, I don't believe that George Pickens has a game over 40 receiving yards in his last five games. Deontay Johnson, who was a target machine early in the season, two for 16. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, who was a top 10 dynasty tight end going into this year, Kate, one for seven on one targets. He has 60 receiving yards on the season. Like, you can't start anybody in this passing attack going forward. And Kate, it's so bad that I was thinking yesterday, Mason Rudolph was a free agent. Was it like April or May? Nobody wanted him. Pittsburgh brought him back to be the third quarterback. Didn't even know if he was going to make the roster. And here I am thinking that it would be beneficial for Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, and George Pickens if Mason Rudolph was starting instead of Kenny Pickett. That's how bad the situation is in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, and Marcus, I don't I don't necessarily, you know, I was never a fan of Kenny Pickett specifically. So I like this isn't even a a you know sort of bias against Kenny Pickett. It's that he's getting worse. Like my expectations for Kenny Pickett and what he could achieve with this offense were like my frustration was that the the, the floor would be high, but that the ceiling would be low. And it turns out that the the ceiling is incredibly low but the floor is even lower and that is what is so frightening you cannot start any of these assets on a weekly basis well, and that's my next you yeah right you can't start them but is this a good time to buy them hoping that something changes that quarterback either Pickett gets better or they make a move or do we just kind of have to sit here and wait until Pittsburgh finally figures out that Pickett's not the answer my only concern is that it's going to be a while before that happens. Now, Deontay Johnson, um, he's got the rest of this year, right? And then he's got 2024. He's a free agent in the 2025 season. Pat Fryermuth, same with Pickens, same with Fryermuth. So all of them are set to hit free agency at the same exact time. Now, what, like, what does that mean? Um, you know, it's not going to mean good things for their next contract, right? Like, how far – and this is – Well, Pickett's doing a really good job for the front office making these contracts much more easy to sign. So I will give him that. It, I mean, company guy. You got to love that. But, like, from a, a, you know, very broad dynasty perspective, like, the repercussions, like, if they continue to roll out with Kenny Pickett, which I would not be surprised if Kenny yeah. Pickett is week one starting quarterback in 2024. I'll be shocked if The repercussions not. of – this from like a contract perspective from uh, for every single one of these players is so detrimental. And if I'm any of these guys, I am walking into my uh, or into the league op- or the, the team office uh, the first day of the new league year and I'm demanding a trade and that that's it. So that that's why I'm going to trade for these guys, because there is no way in God's green earth that the state of the offense, the state, like knowing what Kenny Pickett has the the potential to do in terms of torpedoing their careers. Like there is no way that this team is intact next year. If Kenny Pickett's the guy and that's what I'm holding on to. That that was my take. There's just, I can't see both Deontay Johnson and George Pickens being back next year. 
Um, Allen Robinson's obviously he's not going to be back either. He's on a one-year deal. They do have Calvin Austin, who they drafted in 2022. Maybe he sees an increased role, but for somebody like Deontay Johnson, who you know he's in the prime of his career right now, he's you know 27 years old. He's not going to want to keep putting up with this weird target fluctuation where some weeks he gets 15 targets and some weeks he gets three and one week he gets eight targets, but only two are catchable and he he's getting called out on social media. So it does feel like we've got to a tipping point a little bit here in Pittsburgh where yes, winning games is great and that's the goal. But if you continue to be this bad on offense, even if you are winning games, now Pittsburgh didn't win against the Browns, other players are going to start to speak up because they, it, you're, Pickett's starting we're to seeing mess with that. the money. Yeah, he's starting to mess with the money of some other players because without a doubt, George Pickens has lost money this year. Pat Fryermuth has lost money this year. And Deontay certainly has as well. Yeah, I, I think that that's probably the takeaway. But Marcus, when you look at the pure talent of these players, when you look at the upside individually of each of these players, I do think that this is a buy-low window, not, not for a team contending right now. Uh, but if you are looking for, a, you know, I, I think talent above everything and the potential for a, a big shakeup in this Pittsburgh Steelers offense, should these guys demand a trade, which I think they're fully justified in doing, I, I think there's so much, there's so many fantasy points being left on the table yeah. right now between these guys. The, the talent's too great. Pat Fryermuth, one of the best receiving tight ends in this class, uh, or in his in the NFL, not just his class. Um, you know, Pat Fryermuth, the second or sorry, the uh, top ten receiving tight end in each of his first two seasons, and now you can't even get the quarterback to target the middle of nope. the field. Like that is a problem. It's, it's bad. Oh, it's, my blood pressure is I, high today, well, Marcus. Let's, let's move on to another dysfunctional offense, including a team that cannot get the ball to the NFL's leading rusher from 2022. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn. All you have to do is add your job and then the purple hashtag hiring hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the right candidates who have the right skills so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We wanted to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows, including Locked On Dynasty, covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
All right, Kate, let's talk about Josh Jacobs with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, had a rough day again against the Dolphins. 14 carries for 39 yards, 2.8 yards per carry, only one catch for 12 yards. Kate, this is the same running back who led the NFL in rushing yards in 2022, yards from scrimmage, had double-digit touchdowns on the year, averaging 3.3 yards per carry. How much are you panicking when it comes to Josh Jacobs? I am panicking a a little bit. I mean, it's not just the inefficiency in terms of yards per carry, like across the board, like Josh Jacobs, not, not quite as explosive, uh, averaging a a career low 2.1 yards after contact per attempt, career low, 14% miss force tackle rate. Um, You've got a a career high stuff rate, like across the board, it's, been a a tough, tough season for Josh Jacobs. Now, the good thing for fantasy, Marcus, is that right now uh, we've got Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, leading the league in rush attempts this year. Like the volume has been enough to sort of sustain that 207 rush attempts on the year, Um, you know, still ranks fourth in overall rushing yards, which is great. Uh, You know, despite the fact that he's leading the league uh, in rush attempts by 20, 20 yard margin, not great to, to not be leading the league in rushing yards, but Hey, like the volume has been such that it doesn't always matter for fantasy. And that that's kind of the one saving grace. But I think this is a good time to talk about like, what is the root cause of Josh Jacobs inefficiencies? Now uh, ranks ninth among active running backs right now in terms of total touches, uh, almost he's approaching 1500 career touches um, that ranks, uh, like I said, ninth among active running backs in the league right now. Um, you know, he's still young, but he's, he's starting to get, yeah. And it, you know, it, the question remains like from a dynasty perspective, he's, you know, playing on a one-year deal right now with the Raiders was already franchise tag, got the, got the one-year extension, but what's next for Josh Jacobs? Because, that like that is the more concerning thing for me. It's not the inefficiency this year. It's what does the inefficiency do for his future prospects? Because that's what's going to matter for Dynasty. We already know running backs on, you know, their second contracts uh, coming out of. I, I'm going to consider whatever he gets next year a second contract instead of this year. Yeah, but yeah. like the question is, how much does his inefficiency this year? impact the kind of deal he gets the the you know the kind of job he gets the lead back role like is he gonna learn or earn a a role as a lead back with this kind of play and I don't know and that's my biggest concern with Josh Jacobs is like again not not the inefficiency because at least he's getting enough volume to sustain that but I don't know that this kind of play is going to earn him a high volume job moving forward no, probably the best case scenario would be like to test free agency, see what situations are out there and probably return to the Raiders because the Raiders really don't have much behind Josh Jacobs. It's Zamir White and an aging Amir Abdullah. There were teams that were interested in trading for Josh Jacobs at the trade deadline. Baltimore sniffed around pretty heavily there. Uh, they want The Raiders wanted a second round pick. Baltimore had no interest in doing that. Maybe he lands in a situation like that. Um, like we saw David Montgomery this year go to Detroit, being a more efficient offense where you get some touchdown upside. Maybe he goes to Baltimore and he's the 
replacement for Gus Edwards, right? And it's Gus Edwards, sorry, it's Josh Jacobs and Keaton Mitchell going forward. But to me, he just doesn't look the same that he, as he did last year. He had all those carries and all those touches last year. It looks like he's just lost a lot of his juice. And this tends to happen with players that get that much work in the season before. So he is somebody that I'm worried a little bit about. He was being drafted going into the month of November as RB12. Um, that seems high. And then then you look at the running backs behind him, like Alvin Kamara, Javante Williams, James Cook, Tajay Spears, Derrick Henry. And it's like, I mean, give me Javante Williams, uh, you know, and yeah. even Derrick Henry at this point, like give me the, like I, I probably Najee? not Derrick Henry at uh, Najee. Yeah, maybe like I, I just, I don't, I don't know that I see a, a ton of, upside just given where he's at in terms of his contract situation like the 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 thing about Josh Jacobs this year is like he's not being utilized all that less heavily no. than he has been in years past he's still just averaging 18 carries a game you know like 21 touches per game he was at 23 touches per game last year like he's he's still being run into the ground right like I, I just don't know that the situation is going to change all that much moving forward. It's it's going to be, I think, much harder for him to sort of negotiate that deal with another team, given the fact that he's already showing these signs of decreased efficiency. Um, and you know what? Like to that point, pretty much everybody ahead of him on the the active touch total list is showing those signs of decline. You've got Ezekiel Elliott, <laughs> Derrick Henry. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. Uh, how many of those running backs are relevant at this point? It's Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And the rest are kind of a wash. And I'm, I'm, I'm nervous that that's what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs, even though he is a bit younger than all these other names. So we had, what, three running backs get franchise tagged last year, Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs. All three have been pretty disappointing this year. I mean, who's Barkley's probably been the best of the three, but he's dealt with some injuries as well. I, I just – I don't see any of those three running backs getting long-term deals with their current teams. So maybe we do like a Yankee swap, right? We have Barkley go to the Raiders. <laughs> Pollard goes to the Giants and the Cowboys get Josh Jacobs. Maybe that would fix everybody's uh, situation. But I do wonder if you're going to see Josh Jacobs maybe decide to go somewhere else where he can play on a little bit better of an offense so he doesn't see so many stacked boxes. Yeah, I think that's fair. But, you know, Marcus, even to your point, uh, Saquon Barkley, at least averaging 4.3 yards per carry. He's had just two games all season with fewer than 90 scrimmage yards. Yeah, I'll I'll take... Saquon at this point over Saquon or over Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And it's not even close. Not even really close. I a hundred percent agree with you. Tony Bullard still waiting for him to break out. Did score a touchdown uh, yesterday, but we shall see. Uh, okay. Let's do a couple of quick hitters on some guys that we're maybe a little bit nervous about going forward. We will get to that uh, to them next. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That's ordering time. Two-minute warning. You got it. That is your cue to order in. Whenever the game clock stops, it's time to order in with DoorDash. 
DoorDash is absolutely fantastic. I ordered DoorDash on Saturday from one of our local places here, the Corner Bar and Grill. Got some absolutely fantastic chicken wings. Also got a nice piece of pie. Where can you do that anywhere? You can't do that anywhere else besides DoorDash. Order pizza, wings, sodas, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it delivered without missing the game. You can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23, subject to change, term supply. Again, get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23, subject to change, term supply. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast Everydayers. Matt and Ryan will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday, continuing to break down all the action from Week 11. Kate, you and I, Thursday, Friday. Yes, we're going to have an episode coming out on Thanksgiving. So if you're getting ready to eat food all day, come listen to the Locked On Dynasty Podcast before you before you uh, dig in. Okay, let's do some quick hitters here. Uh, Stephon Diggs, four for 27 on eight targets. It's been a little bit of a struggle for him this year. It's been a little, well, to be fair, not even just this year, Marcus, it's been like the last five weeks, right? Started out the season red freaking hot, looking like this was about to be another all pro season for him. Uh, through the first six weeks of the year, it was on pace for almost 1,800 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns. Um, scored one or more receiving touchdowns in, in uh, I believe four of those six games had 100 plus receiving yards in five of those six games. Like he was the focal point of the offense and fantasy football managers were like rejoicing, right? And now you have this emergence of Dalton Kincaid which suddenly coincides with this downturn in production for Diggs since week seven, uh, which again kind of marks that Dalton Kincaid breakout. Diggs has uh, had his 17 game pace fall to uh, just over 900 receiving yards, six touchdowns. Um, he's ranked as the overall wide receiver 23 in fantasy points per game in that span. Is there a chance that, like, there's, you know, not enough volume here or no I'm, um, I'm not worried i'm he's one of the ones i'm not worried about i, I we know his potential but i think this offense is going to slowly start getting back on track and i can't wait for dak prescott to throw him the ball next year it's going to be absolutely lights out <laughs> joining his brother no, but i'm not worried about stefan i think he's on a little bit of a slow streak i would not be surprised with them having a bunch of like games coming up against some bad, worse defenses I think they're going to get in some shootouts. I'm I'm totally fine holding here. Okay. All that right. makes me feel better. Um, let's talk about Bryce Young. Uh, so Bryce mm-hmm. Young on Sunday had 36 dropbacks and had 77 net passing yards. Did have a touchdown through an interception. Um, it's almost as bad as Kenny Pickett. It, it, was, it was bad. Sex seven times for 46 yards. Had a QBR of eight. This offense, Kate, is hard to watch, and you just wonder, like, how long before things get better? I, I'm, I'm going to read you the receivers yesterday in terms of yards. You ready? Adam Thielen, 8 for 74. Their next leading receiver was Steven Sullivan, a former defensive end that played for the Seahawks, now converted back to tight end, one catch for 20 yards. That was their second leading receiver of the day. 
Yikes. I will say, uh, for those of you who are big fans of our promotion commotion segment, you did get that Tommy Tremble touchdown. So we, we uh, Marcus, you, that was your, that was, <laughs> that was one of your, your few picks uh, for our promotion commotion segment ahead of week 11. And it did technically hit, uh, even though there wasn't much else there. Besides outscored Jake Ferguson. Hey, outscored hey. Jake Ferguson this week. You'll take that all day. No, I, on the real, I am very concerned about this offense just in general, Marcus, like the, I think the biggest concern for me is seeing the path to rebuilding this offense, right? Like how do you go about rebuilding this offense when you've traded away all of your draft? Like imagine this offense with DJ Moore, you know, I mean, so here's the problem. I think a lot of people believe that the Panthers' biggest issue right now is their number one receiver, which I get. Like, Adam Thielen can't be your number one receiver. However, to me, that's not their biggest issue. They had four offensive linemen, Kate, that had pass blocking grades in the teens or worse this week against the Cowboys. Four of those guys were absolutely atrocious. They probably need to replace all five starting offensive linemen. They probably need to get a better – they probably need a number one receiver and a number three receiver, and they don't have a first-round pick to do it. That's – again, that's the – like where is the path to rebuilding this? And that's the biggest concern here, and that was my concern the moment – they traded all of this, right? Just to to go up and get Bryce Young. I, I get it. You got to do it. You, you got to get your franchise guy. But when you're not putting any other pieces here in place for him to be successful, whether that be a true number one wide receiver, whether that be a, a even league average offensive line, or even, even like slightly below league average would, probably you know do wonders for this at this point um especially like when you consider the fact that like this is a this is a small small frame quarterback right like you need to protect uh your small frame quarterback if you are going to have him be the, the long-term answer in this offense I don't really think there's anything that it, like from a situational standpoint I don't think we can very fairly evaluate Bryce Young at no. this point like has he looked good? Absolutely not. Like he, he, he doesn't look good. Period. He's struggling, um, in he, a big way. he's struggling in a big way, but do I think he's had really any sort of, you know, circumstances come together for him where, you know, they're giving him adequate chances to overcome those struggles. No. I say no. So how do we evaluate anybody in this offense? I don't know if you can fairly do it at this point, just given the situation, and then that brings me to the next point is, again, what is the pathway to fixing it? And logistically, fixing this team is going to be a nightmare. Um, and- it's a two-year rebuild at least. Like I think, I think we're to the point where I think they probably move on from Frank Wright. They probably have to get somebody in here young that's a quarterback guru or a scheme guru. Um, and then in the following year, when you do have a first-round pick or whatever, you start to have a little bit more you know, draft capital – that's when you start to, you know, bring in some more talent. But if you're a Bryce Young dynasty manager, at this point you're just holding and having him sit on your bench and you're just you're playing the long game here because he's not going to give you anything anytime soon. 
Yeah. And I, I don't even know necessarily that this is like an indictment on a, a talent. Again, you can't, I don't think you can properly evaluate Bryce Young's talent at this point. No. Like we know the talent, right? We know the prospect, um, but there's nothing here that we can actually use to, to get a real sense of what kind of NFL quarterback Bryce Young could be um, until I think we see some shakeups in their overall structure that probably coming this off season. All right. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making lockdown dynasty. Your first listen every day. Again, every day is Matt and Ryan. will be back on Tuesday, Wednesday, Kate, you and I Thursday and Friday. Uh, we wanted to let you know that locked on has launched the first ever national sports, 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today has you covered 24 seven for the biggest Sports stories. The Lockdown Dynasty show is on over there, so make sure you go ahead and check it out along with all the other fantastic shows in the Lockdown Podcast Network. Go follow Kate on Twitter, at Kate Maju. Go check out her work at Pro Football Focus. Check out her work behind the steel curtain where she's going to be talking a lot about Kenny Pickett this week, I am sure. Uh, You can follow the show on YouTube, Lockdown Dynasty Football. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your week. And we will see you right back here tomorrow.